<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast. I am Jason and with me as usual is Rich. What's up, Jason? Well, it's... An incredibly shocking and uh, you know s- sad day. Um, we're just over a day from uh, hearing the tragic news that Kobe Bryant uh, died in a helicopter crash. We later learned that uh, one of his daughters and seven other people were in that helicopter crash. And you know we're here to talk about Kobe's career, uh, the good and the bad. You know, obviously there are. Um, I, I think we both have complicated feelings about Kobe uh, as a person and, you know, to a degree as a player, I, not you know, taking anything away from his greatness as a player or, uh, you know, I, I think it's really what stood out over the past you know, day is how much people, how much he meant to people and how great people felt about watching him play basketball and how much he inspired through that. And it's just incredible to see the outpouring of emotion. You know, obviously you, you can't not be affected by it and be part of, you know, the community that we're part of and seeing so many people hurting, you know, because of this event. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's one of these like transcendent moments as well, because like a, a minute didn't go by, you know, today or over the last few days where I either wasn't getting a text message about that or I wasn't having people come up and talk to me and say, hey, what, you know, what do you think about this? Or, you know, what, what about, you know, what, what, what was Kobe's be-? like it's just people talking about Kobe Bryant? And it, it's and it's not only just because like people know that I do this podcast or know that I really like basketball history, but just like, hey, you, you know, you're a human being on this earth. What, you know, what is your thoughts on, on this Kobe Bryant death? It's like, you know, because I saw some people sort of saying, oh, you know, who, you know, it's Kobe Bryant. He's just an athlete. It's just this or whatever. But you see what's going on and you see the outpouring of support. And you see how it's leading off news stories. And it's not just like, you know, th- this is one of the more famous people in the world, too. I sure. mean, and, yeah. and that's the thing that I think a lot of people maybe have tough time grasping if they're not, you know, an NBA fan or a basketball fan or a sports fan or whatever, is that this guy is internationally known. It's not like just this little niche group of people that like basketball think this guy's pretty good. Like, this guy is a huge deal in China. This guy's a huge deal overseas. He's a huge deal to the sporting world. And and, and as we've seen today, he's a huge world, you know, deal to the world at large and, 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 you know, especially this country. And yeah, every broadcast, every newspaper, everything's been leading off with this. And it's one of these unbelievable kind of, you you'll remember where you are moments or, you know, you'll remember the time when you first read it. And, and I, I think my story is pretty similar to a lot of people 
uh, that I've heard is, you know, I, I, I got a text message of somebody saying Kobe dead or Kobe died. And I was just like, what? What the hell are you talking about? And I looked at my phone and, you know, it was weird because, you know, you can never quite trust what you're seeing. And, and you, I saw a little bit out here and I'm like, ah, this doesn't look right. And I kept refreshing and refreshing and refreshing. And as I did, it kept like it, it was like another stab in the in the in the gut where you're like, oh, no. Oh, geez. Oh, God. And like once you saw everybody had like the same information for a little while there. And that it was confirmed that, yeah, it was definitely Kobe Bryant that died. It was just like, holy shit. Like, it, it, it's, yeah, it's just one of those moments. I'll, I'll always remember that feeling and I'll always remember that, like, just being come, overcome with emotion. And, and, and again, like, you kind of mentioned it as well. We're, we're, you know, we're, a, we're not, people that listen to the show know that we have kind of a complicated thing with Kobe Bryant in, in, in terms of, A, how we thought of him as a player. And it's not like we're going to come out here and bash him for an hour. That's obviously not going to happen. We're going to talk about some of the greatest games he's ever had and some of the great moments he did and how great of a player he was and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, but, like, you know, what I've, what I've noticed over these last few days is that, like, I know, like, the way that I feel, and I'm kind of like, oh, man, this is unbelievable. I can't believe this. But there are people that are, like, really torn up by this. And I absolutely get it because – your favorite players, I mean, if this happened to Vince Carter, you know, he retires and then, you know, th- that happens to him, I'd feel that way. If, if, you know, we all have players of our generations, and I think you and I, where we are in, in, in our lives and where we are age-wise, we're like a little bit before the Kobe thing. Like, I'm just a little bit before. Like, when I was watching the NBA or when I first got into it, you know, Jordan was still in his prime, and I saw the beginnings of Kobe Bryant. But there are a lot of kids, and, and, and we're seeing a lot of players in the NBA who their frame of reference for, like, legends in the NBA and the best players that they knew when they grew up we're Kobe Bryant, and you're seeing from those people how much it tears them apart. And it, it, it's it's unique in that way where, like, I think you and I can kind of take a little bit more of, of an approach look and kind of like, okay, let's kind of like look at, you know, Kobe Bryant's career and, and celebrate the legacy and all that sort of stuff. But I absolutely get that there is a, a large contingency of people that just lost, like, their hero or lost their favorite athlete. And that's just like an unbelievable feeling as well. And, and, and you're seeing it from players. You're seeing it by, you know, the way the players are reacting while they're, they're reacting on social media, the way they're reacting in the games. You're seeing, you know, I think right as we're starting this recording, the, the Pistons are all wearing number 24. Uh, you know, Trey Young's out there, you know, changing his jersey numbers and doing all that sort of stuff. Uh, the Lakers and the Clippers are postponed. Like the NBA universe and, and especially the guys playing the league right now, you're seeing how profound his impact is on them. You know, in a way that like almost nobody else can touch, and, and there's no other way that really like because yeah, this generation. I mean, that generation that's playing right now. I mean, Kobe was a lot of their entry points, and and, and it's pretty remarkable how how big of a deal it is. You know, losing him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he's one of the you know five or most famous basketball players ever. I, I would say, um, you know, especially with the global growth of the game over the past 25 years just there's a huge audience who you know you didn't even know who magic johnson or larry bird were or had very little idea who they were who know who Kobe Bryant is because of how much the game has grown and uh and he was a big part of um of that growth too i mean he inspired you know um a lot of that excitement a lot of that growth in the post-jordan era um you know especially in china obviously where he's you know extremely popular um there and and across the world and and, and yeah I, I mean again you know we talk about um you know we feel obviously for the people who um obviously his family and his loved ones and, and the people who were you know who who were touched by whether it was him as a person or whether it was him as a player a combination of both and, and obviously there are a lot of people in the nba family and in, in the wnba um and in you know across the basketball world who 
you know, were touched by um, his legacy in some way. And he was very, you know, a, a positive thing about him is he was very generous about, you know, sharing his time mm-hmm. and sharing, you know, his, his game and trying to, um, you know, popularize his last few years. He spent a lot of time trying to promote the women's game. Which, yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, I was going to bring that up is, is, you know, over the last few, really the last few years and, and really in the last few months, I've really started to become like, a big Kobe fan. Like I, I, he's a guy that I always like, I always respected his game. Obviously. I mean, I'm not going to come out here and say, Oh, I didn't think Kobe Bryant was any good. He, this guy stunk. Like, no, he's, he's incredible. He's unbelievable. But I always like, I never really quite loved the game and I never quite, quite loved the human being behind him. But over the last few months and, and, and hearing him talk and, and seeing how much he had been doing and seeing how much he loved his daughters, obviously, and how much he, he really loved basketball and loved kind of teaching the game. And, and, and yeah, like you said, he, you know, there was a, I forget where it was, maybe Jimmy Kimmel, I want to say pretty recently, he was on there, uh, and they said, you know, I think he had a quote where people said, he said people come up to him and go, you know, hey, when are you and Vanessa going to have a boy so someone can live, you know, keep the Kobe legacy going, and he's like, why? I don't need that. I got her. Like, she's going to keep the legacy going. Like, that, you know, that's who's going to keep the legacy going. And when I heard that, it was like, oh, okay, like, this guy's kind of cool now. Like, Kobe had, because it feels like, and the one thing that, that I've always not loved about Kobe Bryant uh, and 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 it goes to Michael Jordan too. Like people are, are always amazed that I don't really like Michael Jordan all that much. It's because like uber competitive. Like that's just not me. You know, it's not quite my vibe. I'm not that kind of guy or whatever. And it felt like Kobe Bryant over the last few years, particularly like his last year in the league, he, it, it kind of washed over him. And he kind of went, you know what? I'm going to appreciate what I have and appreciate what I've, I've I've done and appreciate you know everything that's been given to me in this league and 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 my game and how much people appreciate me and all that sort of stuff. I'm just going to kind of let it go. I'm going to let the uber competitiveness go. I'm going to let the desire to win and the that telling you how many rings I won and all that stuff kind of yeah. washed away from him in those last few years. Then he retires and it felt like it kind of came back again a little bit. Like I feel like he wasn't quite sure what he wanted to do in his post, you know, basketball life. So you got a lot of like Kobe Bryant sniping at LeBron about, Oh, I have this amount of rings and you have that many round rings. And like that stuff just gets a giant eye roll for me. I'm like, all right, whatever, man, like who cares about that stuff? But then like in the last few years, it felt like he was, he was getting back into the game, but he was getting back in the game in terms of like teaching the next generation and, and, and teaching his daughters and, 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 and just enjoying the game again and enjoying like embracing LeBron James, letting the Lakers fans know, Hey, no, like, root for this guy. This guy's awesome. Like, don't worry about me. Root for this guy. And, and you know, he's at the court side, you know, hanging out with Luka Doncic. And he's, you know, talking to him in Slovenia, uh, Slovenian or whatever. And it's like, that's, that's really cool. Like, so it, it felt like this guy over the last few years was somebody that was really kind of, in a lot of ways, changing his personality. We're going to talk about that a, a lot during this show, too, is Kobe was a guy who who many times went, underwent, like, big transformations in his career and in his life and, and, and you know, even the personas that he took on as, as a player. And it was it was very interesting to see what he had been doing the last few years, and it had become a point where I was like, you know what, this Kobe guy is actually, like, I, I like this Kobe. This is the Kobe that I would, I, would, I would have always been down with if he was a little bit more of a mild-mannered, a little bit more of a chill guy. But then again, like, I can't ask for Kobe to have been that during his life because that doesn't make, that's not what Kobe was. Right. And you know what I mean? Right. And the reason so many people love him is because of the Mamba stuff, because he was that, because he was the uber competitor. So I'm not saying anybody can't like him. I'm just saying I didn't really, you know, I, I, I'm not a big fan of that style of player, that style of sort of mentality or whatever. But I'm not going to discredit anybody and I'm not going to say whatever. So that, that was, you know, that made Kobe Kobe. And that's what made, you know, him so interesting. And that's why, you know, I can't wait to talk about some of his greatest moments here is because, like, those greatest moments happen because he is that type of person and that type of player. So it's really cool. But yeah, I really found myself giving a lot more affection towards Kobe over the last few years because it felt like he had, you know, he was just like a, a much more calm, a much more chill personality. And like you said, I the women's game stuff too, like this was a guy who who we, we had heard too, like privately, behind the scenes, all this sort of stuff, was really getting ready to, to do all he could to promote the women's game and, and make sure that people knew 
that okay, look, there are women out here doing stuff that's unbelievable, and 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 people are going to start becoming aware of it, and I'm going to make people aware of, of women's basketball and how important women's basketball is and how you know good it is and stuff. So that stuff, I like reading more and more about that. I was like, oh man, like especially you know happening when this happened, you know, while he's you know going to his daughter's you know summer or her you know her her practice or you know her tournament or whatever, it makes it even that much more tragic too because you know he dies doing you know spending time with his family and promoting his you know and and helping his daughter you know continue her basketball you know aspirations and it's just like fuck it's just that's yeah. the part that sucks even maybe you know the most of anything sure absolutely and um you know he uh, for, for me yeah, he was more of a villain i rooted against as opposed to somebody i cheered for i mean i right. again, appreciate, I appreciate his greatness and you know the times where i you know really enjoyed watching him play and and, and kind of rooted him on but generally you know i was um you know, generally more of uh, he was just kind of a guy you love to hate in in a sense of uh, you know in terms of fandom, I guess. Um, that usually I'm not a you know uh, I'm not a big Lakers uh, fan. You know, it's just uh, it's just one of those things where you know I I'm more I was more on the side of rooting against him, and um, so it is it's weird now, and, and you know a lot of this is complicated, of course. Um, by you know the the rape case and the fact that he you know um was 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 charged with rape later ended up settling out of court and um you know it, it admitted that it was not a consensual encounter um and you know didn't really pay you know the kind of price for that that I think a lot of people thought that he should um and and felt that that case in particular and, and not all of it being his fault exactly, but that case was very, very, you know, the way that, um, that woman was, was, was treated, um, you know, by, um, you know, people finding out her real name and the, you know, the slut shaming that went along and just all the, all the terrible things that sexual assault victims have to deal with were kind of, you know, magnified in, in that case. And, um, and obviously that is a huge, you know, mitigating factor for, um, his legacy and is just an awful, terrible thing to do and all the great positive things that he did do in his career, both professionally and, and as a person and all the things that, you know, are, that he meant to people, you know, there's also that to add on to it. And I don't think it's the only thing, um, that we should, that should be talked about. And I, and I certainly think that, I don't see anything wrong with understanding that people are complicated. And, you know, if Co- if you love Kobe Bryant or you love the way that he made you feel when he played basketball, I think that's totally great. But I think that yeah, that's got a big knowledge too. And the idea that that can't be talked about, you know, even in the days, you know, um, you know, um, immediately following his death, that it all has to be celebrated. It all has to be, you know, um, adulation and all that. You know, I, I reject that obviously. Um, and, um, you know, we're not going to harp on it, but I, I do think obviously it needs to um, be considered, you know, among everything else. Absolutely. No, no, you, it, it does need to be brought up. And, and yeah, anybody who's like, oh, you can't bring that up now. It's like, well, I mean, that was the best time to bring it up. I mean, that's the, the time to do it for sure. But um, yeah, uh, yeah I, the, the th- it's always been very, you know, that 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 time and, and you know. The, the case and everything that went around it. Yeah, it was it was for Philip didn't live through it. I mean, it was a, a, a pretty vile. I mean, things I, I I feel like it would be different these days, but like, who knows? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's so hard to know what what things would be like, but it was it was bad. It was a really bad time for, you know, just just the way people treated the woman and the way, you know, Kobe seemed to kind of not take it seriously at first. And then what 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 always 
what gave me a little bit of respect for Kobe later in the years and, and, and the aftermath of that as well is that he, he was man enough to go out there and admit in, in one way, which again, not a lot of guys will do this. A lot of guys will just settle out of court and just say, okay, whatever, it's done and whatnot. But he, to his credit, and, and I think this was even part of the, the, the agreement, I, I think, and I don't remember all the, the details of the case or whatever, but you know, I, and I think it was a pretty powerful statement from him as well. And, and I don't know if enough people really, um, I, I, I it, but you know, him going out there and saying, you know, I, I thought it was consensual, but obviously it was not, or, or, or you know, it, yeah, it wasn't or whatever. Basically, what he said, yes. Yeah, yeah which right. I mean is yeah. is like again, like it's it's so minimal. I mean, we we need much better than that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But just right. having a guy, an athlete, somebody of that stature, willing to go out there and say like, no, I I I did something wrong here. I was at fault here. This is my fault. Like that. You know, that, a lot of times that doesn't happen with athletes. Athletes pay. Yeah, you know, or anyone it, with power. Anyone with money. Right. And right. Power yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's either yeah, I didn't do right. this. They're all lying. Or here's eight million dollars. Don't let's never talk about it again. Right. And I always get got him a, gave a little respect to him for that. Is is like okay, look, what you did was horrible, and what you did was heinous, and all that sort of stuff. But you are whatever, whatever, whether it was an agreement or whatever it was that you were able to sit out there and say, hey, look, I I I did this wrong. You know what I did was wrong, right. and I was at fault here. And and what's what what will help some people and, and maybe it's helped some people kind of get over that in, in some cases well or maybe forget about it on, on days like this, even though you really shouldn't forget about it, is that from this that point forward, it felt like he never really got into that sort of he wasn't a repeat guy. It wasn't something that happened a bunch of other times. It wasn't something like that. So like you hope that this man learned and grew and, and, and became a better person for this. But obviously, like you said, you can't ignore it. It's a huge thing in his career and it's it, it it defined a large portion of his career as well so yeah we we wouldn't be doing the yeah. career of kobe Bryant a service unless we you know dressed it here and, and talked about it a little bit so yeah i've seen a lot of like on both ends too it's like you can't celebrate kobe because he did this and there's also oh you don't talk about this because we're celebrating kobe and it's like you can do both you, you know you can do both sure. and you should do both i mean it, 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 in any good conscience you should be doing both and 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 responding to both too so yeah it's uh but no we had to talk about it we had to touch on it for sure 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 so a little bit about just a little bit on the resume before we get into the topic of the show, which um, is we're going to be talking about 24 games that helped define Kobe's career. Um, but just, uh, you know, noteworthy is that, of course, five-time champion, uh, including a, uh, a two-time finals MVP, he was one of the very few um, uh, part of very few teams to three-peat. Um, he, uh, was the most valuable player in 2008 and something shocking that, um, that we discovered had really thought about is that of course the NBA MVP dates back to 1956 and he is only the third former MVP to have passed away. Will Chamberlain and Moses Malone being the, um, other two players, but three men who all died young, you know, Kobe, you know, exceptionally long at only 41, the others, you know, in their, um, in their late fifties, early sixties, but, um, but pretty incredible, you know, given the, you know, the older players, obviously Bob Cousy is, you know, I believe close to 90 now. And, um, you know, Bob Pettit is, you know, probably is certainly in his eighties, uh, Bill Russell's in his eighties. So, um, you know, a lot of guys who have lived a long life, um, which is, you know, which is obviously uh, tremendous, but, uh, yeah, that, that was, that was pretty shocking right there. It's just, yeah, it was one of these things. I'm like, Oh, like somebody said that. And I was like, that can't be true. And I'm looking, and I'm like, eh, no, okay. Yeah, it, it really is. And, and I don't know what to make of it. I don't know what kind of my response is to it. It's just bizarre. Like I, I, I didn't look at like other, you know, sport MVPs and see like, Oh, you know, baseball MVPs. If I go back to 1956, you know, how many of these men are alive and how many are, you know, are dead or whatever. But I just feel like there'd be a lot more 
that, that passed away in, in almost every other sport MVP awards. I mean, I can think off the top of my head a few MLB MVPs that I know for sure are, have passed away since, you know, 1956. So it's just wild sure. that like, yeah, it's it's three. And, and I don't know what it means. I don't know what it says, but it's just uh, it's it's it kind of hit me on that same level. It's like, oh, my God, like Kobe Bryant's dead. <laughs> and like right. yeah. you know, these guys that won MVP in the in the in the mid 50s are, are still alive. And it just shows you again how like just how connected NBA history is and how also like, yeah, how tragic this is as well is that, you know, his life is cut uh, so, so short. And, and yeah, there's just, you know, other guys dating back to, you know, many, many years past. And it's good that they're living long lives and all that sort of stuff. It's just, yeah, it just really kind of opens your eyes of like, man, that's, that's such a small list of people that, that, that have passed on. Right. That amount of time, which I guess is right. good. Or, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know what to make of yeah, it. Yeah. Thankful, it's weird. Yeah. I don't know why. Like, I don't, I don't know what to make of it. Like, I don't know if there's like, Go play NBA basketball. You'll live a long, healthy life. Or something. I don't. I don't know. I'll it's play. so weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, one of those things. That, um, yes, um, eighteen-time All Star. Uh, I think only to come to a Jabbar. Uh, four-time NBA All Star MVP. I think one of those years he shared it with Shaq. Um, Eleven-time All NBA First Team, uh, and then twice on the second team, twice again on the third team. So fifteen All NBA appearances overall. Uh, Nine-time All defensive first team three times on the defensive second team uh twice the nba scoring champion um also was a slam dunk champion in 1997 very early on in his career rookie years matter of fact only player with two numbers retired number eight and 24 both retired by the lakers and um he also won two olympic golds in 2008 and 2012 yeah so um let's get to some of these these games here as we said we're gonna do 24 games uh, that helped define Kobe's career. So uh, we'll start at number one. And I think this is one that a lot of people, I don't know if a lot of people, some people like the deep, your deep cut, you know, basketball fans, they'll remember this. I don't know if everybody else will, but uh, uh, May 12th, 1997, game five, uh, it's the Lakers versus the Utah Jazz. Uh, Kobe out of the gates, getting into the playoffs his, his first year. Um, and, you know, he came into the league, you know, he's, he's 18 years old. He's obviously, he's Kobe Bryant. He's very confident in his abilities. And, and uh, you know, game five of the Western Conference semifinals was like, okay, well, you, now you're in a league with men, sir. <laughs> Welcome to the man's league because uh, Kobe Bryant, he has a trio of air balls in the uh, over time i believe he had one to close out the game and then a bunch more in overtime or i forget when the, when they, it, it came uh all, all through you know when they all happened but yeah he uh he has a bunch of air balls in this game uh four to be exact uh and the, the utah closes out the lakers uh they win the series 4-1 and um you know th- this is one that, that kobe has brought up many many times that like he needed this he needed to just be like he needed to be humbled a little bit to go like okay look I'm still a boy and these are all a bunch of men and like this is what I need to do to get better and this is how you know th- these failures I will come back from these failures because many other people would have just said oh god I choked in the biggest moment and it's over for me <laughs> and I'm done uh, he didn't he came back and, he, and 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 he made you know obviously his career uh, uh that much better after this point but yeah it's pretty amazing here yeah with the, the amount of you know air balls and and really just costing his team this game and costing his team a, a you know the shot in the playoffs and this is a a very talented lakers team at this point too i mean the jazz were obviously super super talented as well but we're talking ben axel eddie jones shaquille o'neal robert ory uh you know kobe ryan coming off the bench but playing big minutes Jerome kersey was on that team as well like there was a lot of uh Derek fisher even on that team as well i mean there's a lot of really good talent and and, and yeah they bow out you know <laughs> to this game in, against the jazz and a lot of it is because of kobe yeah, well, it's funny because actually watching the clips of that game, like the shots that he took, they weren't too bad of shots. Like they were okay. You know, they were fairly open shots. It was just, you know, obviously the fact that he missed them in such an embarrassing fashion in a big moment. Um, you know, the, again, this being um, 
you know, game five in a series, you know, they're, they're down three, one. So already, you know, in Utah, it's already a, um, a tough scenario, but yeah, they only lose by five. Uh, you know, Kobe hits a couple of those shots and they're, um, you know, they, they have a chance to win it. So, um, yeah, I think one thing that stands out is, you know, he's one of, you know, seven Lakers, you know, playing significant minutes in this game and is uh, trusted as an 18 year old to be in this situation. Um, and then of course, you know, just, you know, for whatever reason, unfortunately for him does not deliver. Oh, of six from three, uh, you know, four, 14 from the field, um, just 11 points. So, um, uh, you know, it, it was again, yeah, it, it's, it's part of that narrative of him. Um, you know, th- he was not a bad rookie at, at all, especially for 18 years old. I mean, he wasn't, he, obviously he was, you know, coming off the bench. It, it took him a couple years to really develop as a star, but, you know, he wasn't a bad player, but he definitely, you know, he, he took some growing pains. He, you know, he, he took some lumps. He, you know, is 18 years old and, um, you know, a, a play, a, a game that was not as friendly to young players as the game is now, um, you know, I didn't really know as good at, um, you know, bringing those guys in. So, you know, Kobe was breaking new ground along with, you know, Kevin Garnett as guys who were coming, you know, straight from high school into the pros. He was the first guard to do so. And right. you know, groundbreaking in that way yeah i think we, we kind of take that for granted of, of like how hard it, you know how it was like an 18 year old jumping into this locker room like i just mentioned those the veterans here you got Shaq, you got robert ory nick van exel eldon campbell eddie jones like these are not like you know real young dudes and uh, yeah you have this 18 year old that just pops up here and, and and you know anybody that knows kobe's personality knows that he's not exactly like you know the, the nicest person in the world or the, the you know the guy that gets along yeah. with everybody the yeah. easiest and I'm, I'm sure he you know came in with a, a big chip on his shoulder and and I'm, you know that the veterans were like, who the hell you think you are? <laughs> like, you're nothing, man. Like, you're an 18-year-old. Yeah. Get out of here. And right. I know there was a story. I think Robert Ory said it on uh, – it was either NBA TV either today or uh, or yesterday. Said that, like, the biggest thing that annoyed him is, like, they couldn't drink in the locker rooms anymore because he was <laughs> under 21. And they were like, right. no, you can't drink in the locker rooms anymore. And they're like, what? Like, screw this guy. Like, no. Get out of here. Got him. Yeah. Like, we want to drink. Like, it's after the game. Like, that's what we do. But because they didn't want, yeah, they didn't want to, you know, show an under 21 year old in a locker room with a bunch of like beer and alcohol or whatever, they had to stop doing it. That was like yeah. the thing that annoyed Ori the most. And I get it. Like, I'd be like, no, right. get out sure. of here, dude. Like, my beer. Yeah, right. I'm going to yeah. done with the game and open a goddamn beer. It's right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that, 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 like, again, and this is like a thing that, like, you know, nowadays it, nobody would ever do that. They'd just be drinking protein shakes or whatever, and then go back to the you know the hotel or whatever. But like, right. this is a different era. This is a different league, and yeah, it wasn't as conducive to like you know eighteen and nineteen year olds jumping in and 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 yeah, it it, it the the transition of the league, and we hear that from Kevin Garnett too. It was just like, all right, go. And it's like, oh shit, I'm right. like eighteen, man. Like, I don't know right. what to do. Like, yeah. imagine yourself. What did you do when you were eighteen? I was an idiot. I was I couldn't do anything. So, um, yeah, the idea of like, hey, be a professional athlete. All right, go. It's like, yeah, that's not that's not so easy. Yeah, well, I, I think Kobe's nickname of Showboat was, you know, given the <laughs> right, 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 teammates right. thought of him at the time, you know. Um, it wasn't super endearing, yeah. Right, but, but you know, in his second year, the 97-98 season, you know, he starts to really um, come on, and, and one of the real notable games from the early part of his career was, you know, the first true, you know, Kobe Bryant-Michael Jordan duel. This is in December 17th, 1997. And um, Shaq is out with an injury. Uh, Kobe's still coming off the bench, but he, um, you know, is uh, really starting to. He's already had a series of games over the you know past few games where he's you know pushing his career high, you know, into the upper twenties, and he had had a thirty point game recently. He does that again here against Jordan? Um, Kobe has 
33. Uh, Jordan has 36. And, you know, what's notable, there's a lot of moments that I definitely recommend checking out the, you know, YouTube clips of this because it's real fun. I mean, there's already, there's a lot of, um, you know, back and forth between them and them taking on each other. You know, Kobe hits a 20, um, 20 footer uh, from the corner off a screen right in Jordan's face. Jordan draws a foul from Kobe and a shot fake. Um, Kobe beats Jordan on a backdoor cut for a dunk, you know, and then there's, uh, you know, you, you see them each, you know, drawing fouls on each other, Kobe attacking the baseline and spinning around MJ, then drawing a foul on Longley and, um, and Jordan, you know, posting up on Kobe, getting a nice spin move. Uh, but then the pass ends up being a turnover and then Kobe, you know, runs across the court, ends up, you know, finishing with a reverse layup on the other end on a nice pass. So, and then, Kobe, you see him, um, you know, the young legs with a crazy windmill drunk toward the end. And the, the game itself, it's a blowout. The, the Bulls win by like by like 20 or so. But um, it is really impressive to see Kobe just the versatility he already had in his offensive repertoire. Just so many weapons, so so much poise and skill for, you know, a, a player of that age. And, um, you know, and then Jordan at the end of it touting Kobe's skill and confidence at such a young age in, in a post-game interview you know, clearly could see that, um, you know, that, that there was something special there for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and Kobe, obviously, you know, you can tell from this game and, and there's many other clips out there, you know, modeled his, his early game off of Jordan, really modeled all of his game off of Jordan yep. in terms of the way he conducted himself, the way he talked, the way he acted, the way he stepped on the court, the way he shot and stuff. So that was always like a, a, a thing that was, you know, and we got that like when LeBron came out, it was like, oh, the next Jordan. And, and everybody was kind of quick to say, yeah, you know, LeBron's more of like a magic type of guy. You know, he's a little bit more all around. There was no doubt that like who Kobe Bryant was trying to be like. And, and yeah, you know that this moment was one that was important for both men, uh, as competitive as they were. Cause, you know, Jordan knew that as well, that Kobe, you know, was, was trying to be like him. And, and, and Jordan had been, you know, throwing off, you know, a, a bunch of baby Jordans and the next Jordans, you know, year after year after year. And now here comes this guy. And this one really, you know, for the first time ever, you know, in, in the wake of your Harold Miners and, you know, your, to your lesser extent, your, your Jerry Stackhouses and those sort of guys, all the ones that were like the next Jordans. It's like this Kobe guy. You know, this is a big game and an important game of his career because it's like, oh, all right, this guy, you know, there might be something here with this this Kobe guy. Uh, yeah. and, and this might be the heir apparent. This might be the next quote unquote Jordan or whatever after, you know, the league had, had tried so hard to, 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 you know, find that next one and and create the next Jordan as well. And, and and one thing that I think does help Kobe, you know, jumping ahead into his career is that a few years down the line and a little bit later, Kobe kind of made his own personality and his own character as well and didn't feel again like he was just you know the next Jordan but that's all that's all people wanted in, in the late 90s is okay now and when Jordan goes away who's going to take the mantle who's going to be the next Jordan it had to be like it couldn't be another good player it had to be somebody that was like Jordan so it's like oh this guy's right. from North Carolina oh this guy dunks or this guy's 6'6 or this guy's bald and it's like there's other ways like we can just have a good player that's just good for being good but people were just sure. obsessed with that at the time for whatever reason so yeah well and in fairness uh, you know to Kobe obviously emulating Jordan, like who, who better to emulate? I mean, who better to, you know, he obviously, um, and you're right. He definitely, you know, branched out of his own and, and did a lot of other things, um, that, you know, that Jordan didn't really do, but he, um, but uh, you know, he, that, that was the right guy to emulate. I mean, he was the right, sure. you know, who, you know, the, the work ethic and, you know, the skills that he absolutely, um, uh, it made sense for him to do that. Um, so it, you know, that, that's absolutely something that, um, you know, definitely, um, you know, I honestly, it was, it's kind of cool in a way that he didn't run away from that, that he just, you know, kind of was like, yeah, you know, Jordan's a yeah, guy. He wore it. Yeah. He wore right. it. yeah. 
Where, yeah, where it, a lot of those other guys, it would be like they would do something and they'd be like, "Oh, this guy's an extraordinary." He'd be like, "No, no, no, please, no." Yeah, he wasn't afraid of it, which is which is cool. Yeah, know? he was just like, "No, that's it." Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I am the next heir apparent or whatever. Which again, sure. like, doesn't endear yourself very well. But like, yeah, if you can own it and you can be it, then yeah, yeah. that's that's and he went for it. Absolutely. Uh, so our next game here, uh, 1999, we're going to jump to the 1999 season, February 5th, uh, 1999 against the Houston Rockets. And and this game isn't really you know an all-time performance, but it's really symbolic in a lot of ways because Kobe starts this game, he scores 25 points, collects 10 rebounds, and he helps the Lakers defeat the Houston Rockets by eight points. So the, the real big reason why I, we you know we picked this game is, you know, so after starting only seven games his first two years, which was just a byproduct of like, oh, this guy was hurt. Like, he was not in the regular starting rotation. He would start because Eddie Jones was hurt, or he would start because whatever but he wasn't a regular starter he was he was a bench player his first two years but he starts this game and, and the reason why it's in february is because the lockout obviously the 1999 lockout and pretty much outside of rare occurrences or injuries or some other reason for the next 1196 games of kobe's career he'd start this was his first start his first like real your starter start and it would, he would never look back he'd be a starter from that point forward uh and eddie jones would start over kobe bryant uh, for a lot of those first two years in L.A., uh, he'd be traded in March of that year as well. Ironically enough, to the Charlotte Hornets, who should really just stop doing trades to the Lakers. Because like, they, 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 they're like, hey, yeah, we'll take Eddie Jones. You can take Glenn Rice. And, you know, yeah. well, <laughs> well, actually, that trade wasn't, didn't work out so badly for him. Eddie, Eddie Jones was good for the, the Hornets. Um, no, he was fine. It was there. just like the yeah. fact that like then they just like won a title with like you know Glenn Rice right. being a big part of it. It's like, ah, darn it. Sure. <laughs> Gosh darn it. Sure. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like Kobe Bryant and Glenn Rice, like – Two of the you know three important players of that team, but yeah, no, no, Eddie Jones is a fine player for them as well. But uh, yeah, this is just a symbolic. The game itself is you know it's it's a pretty typical Kobe game, twenty five points or whatever. But he never looks back at this point. They they give him the mantle. He is the starter, and and yeah, he really he, there's never really another run where he's not starting unless you know something goes wrong or he's injured or whatever. He's hurt that game or whatever. Otherwise, he starts the rest of his career. So yeah. So you know we transition into the new era for the Lakers in uh, the t- starting the 2000 season. Uh, you know the last few years, of course, it's the beginning of you know Kobe's at the beginning of his career. You know uh, Shaquille O'Neal comes over as a free agent the same year that um, you know Kobe's a rookie, and you know the Lakers are a bit of a disappointment. Um, it's fair to say. You know, um, I mean they they have good regular seasons, but they flame out in the playoffs against the Jazz a couple seasons in '99. They they flame out against the Spurs. Um, and then, but Phil Jackson comes in, of course, you know, the Chicago Bulls coach and, um, you know, brings in, um, you know, the triangle offense and brings in a whole, you know, different system. Um, and of course, coaching style and the, um, you know, and then suddenly, and then, you know, the Lakers, you know, with the emergence of Kobe and with Shaq, you know, being consistently healthy and, you know, and, and able to be dominant, um, take over the league and dominate the league for the next three seasons. And in 2000 in particular, of course, it's the first, um, you know, year of that when, you know, we, we weren't sure whether it was totally going to work. And in fact, uh, was on the precipice of um, failing in the first year, um, relatively speaking. Uh, it is um, June 4th, 2000, Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals against the Trailblazers. Uh, the Trailblazers are up by 16 in the fourth quarter, uh, but famously the um, Lakers come roaring back. Uh, we've all seen the highlights of the um, the Shack, uh, the the Kobe to Shack alley oop. 
um, and you know the crowd just going nuts. Uh, in that game, Kobe, uh, 25 points, 11 rebounds, uh, 7 assists. Um, you know, just a tremendous, uh, per, you know, great performance by him. You know, he's really starting to be definitely, you know, the number two in the one-two punch of, you know, between him and Shaq. And then um, just uh, 10 days later, game four of the NBA Finals against the Pacers, you know, Shaq has a monster stat line of 36 points and 21 rebounds. But, um, you know, Kobe, uh, when after Shaq fouls out, uh, Kobe uh, down the stretch um, has three big baskets in overtime, giving the Lakers a 120 to 118 victory, basically, you know, putting them up 3-1 and allowing them to eventually win the series in um, game six. Um and, and interestingly enough, there's a basketball reference uh, stat um, that it, dating back to 2000. Um, it says that Kobe Bryant took 122 field goal attempts in the last two minutes of close playoff games, uh, shot almost 42% on that, which is better than LeBron James, uh, Tim Duncan, Kevin Durant, and Steph Curry uh, all those times. So obviously, you know, the not not a I'm not saying a definite conclusion of clutchness there, but um you know, given the fact that um, Kobe took a lot of shots and could be shot happy, and and the shots that he took never not, did not always seem like the wisest ones. That's that's a that's a pretty good stat right there. Oh, absolutely! No, that's that's not bad at all. And yeah, and, and yeah, that's um, two great games that really yeah signify that the the growth of Kobe from not just like guy on the Lakers or great piece of the Lakers, but like neck and neck with with, with Shaq is like the most important parts. Of those Lakers, and that's not to discredit Shaq at this point. Because Shaq was still an absolute monster at this point, right. but Kobe emerging and being what he was was like, oh no, <laughs> like this team is—they now have two superstars. Uh oh, like what are we gonna do? And and like you know, there was always this idea that Kobe probably could become that guy. That you know he was you know he was named an All Star starter I think before he even started for the Lakers because he was like popular but it wasn't like he hadn't achieved that yet there was still just the expectations and the idea of what he was going to be and we see really over this last period of 2000 him finally feel that confidence and finally feel like he's going and yeah these two games are great you know signifiers of like oh no this guy is like he's ready to go and now he's a superstar and 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 there 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 did feel like a real big change in the guard you know during the course of the season as well where where he really took it to that next level and and, and really yeah became a superstar. Yeah, for sure. Um, next in uh, 2001 season, it is December 6, 2000, Kobe's first 50-point game. Um, it comes against the Golden State Warriors uh, in a loss, in fact, um, with Kobe scoring 51 points, 8 assists, uh, 7 rebounds. Uh was 18 to 35 from the field also at eight turnovers uh uh definitely uh to a degree that somewhat the prototypical um <laughs> early Kobe game uh this game also Antoine Jameson for the Warriors had 51 points as well we talked a lot more about this in our recent uh, 50 point um series we'll we'll have some links to our shows on that we also will have our links we we got more in depth on the um kobe shack years for the lakers so we'll we'll share that as well to get it really in depth on you know some of these uh, great games and and the relationship between kobe and shack which will you know, which will um you know, talk a little bit about here, but get a lot more depth on on that. But yeah, um, this was the first of what would end up being 25 50 plus point games, and he had six 60 plus point games in his uh career. So obviously, um, you know, uh, it was an incredible um scorer and, and you know, had some of the great scoring performances in um in NBA history, and, and this began that run. 
Absolutely. Yeah, good, great, great stuff here with the 50 points. And, and yeah, it, uh, I was kind of surprised that he didn't have as many 50-point games. I felt like he would have probably had more, but he, he played definitely in an era where um, – you know, it wasn't. They weren't points. weren't like, getting scored all that much easily, and 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 he was not a guy who who, despite being a great scorer, wasn't a guy that was like would you know pop like it's not like a James Harden type guy who it feels like you know easily can right. get to fifty almost every night. Like that wasn't Kobe. It was nothing came very easy to Kobe Bryant well, in terms of his offense. Uh, yeah. Sometimes, but I mean, there, there was an era where you know some of his peak years, you know, later on, you know, oh six oh seven. I mean, he, he he had incredible stretch of games that it almost felt easy for him at that point. I mean, right, right. I mean, twenty-five times it is the third most in NBA history. So, oh, okay, I never mean, mind. No, okay, no, yeah. I, I take it back. So, um, so that, that that's pretty good. If anyone who's not Will Chamberlain, that's pretty amazing. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, there was a point where it felt like he could almost do it any time, and um, you know, it, later on he would have that incredible stretch of um of doing so. But yeah, he did have the disadvantage of playing a lot of his career in the slower era. And, and a also with, with Phil and, and right, which you know was a perfectly fine offense for its time. You know, great. I mean, you know, obviously he had a lot. <laughs> Here's Jason with the hot take. Yeah, right. I don't know about the triangle. Thing, right. So. Yeah, I, he got I, some titles, but like I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but later on, maybe not the best offense, but no, you no. know, for, but for a while, absolutely, you know, it, it, great. But it was you know a slower style. Um, also, you know, th- there was sort of that in between period where you know the the defensive rules change, which allowed more helping. Um, but there was not you know, offenses hadn't figured out that if you space the floor, you can counter that and you can open up a lot more things. So Kobe had to, he didn't have the space that, you know, guy more modern guys are working with, um, you know, a lot of the time. So, I mean, it was, it was, it was harder in that respect, you know, to, to be able to, you know, put up some of that score with, you know, with the, the slower pace and with, you know, that dis- the rules disadvantage for part of his career. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, if he played, if he played, you know, his career 10 years later, he might have had, you know, 40, <laughs> you know, 50 point games or something right, like right. that. I mean, that, that's definitely, I think, a possibility if he just happened to play in, a, you know, in most of his career in the slower era. Absolutely. Uh, move on to the next, uh, next game here. This is our seventh game here. It's a little bit of a cheat. We're going to put two games here, May 31st, 2000 and June 2nd, 2002. Or, they're both 2002. Sorry, I said May 31st, 2002. Uh, these are back-to-back games, but uh, they're important games because it's Kobe putting the Kings away. So it felt like for a while the only team that really, really seemed to challenge the Lakers, like overall challenge them, other than the yeah, Portland that we mentioned. But once they were ready, once they kind of slayed the beast of Portland, it felt like, oh, God, like no one's going to touch this team. This team's unbelievable. The only team that got really, really close was the Sacramento Kings, and, and this year in particular – they got really close because you know, the Kings had the Lakers on the ropes and potentially ending the dynasty before it really began. Uh, but obviously, there's the big shot from Robert Ory that that saves a lot of it as well. Uh, but more than that, Kobe, you know, really shined in the final two games uh, of this series as well. He scored 31 uh, and 30 points respectively. I uh, also had a double-digit rebounds in, in both games as well. Uh, and particularly uh, Game Six, uh, Kobe looked you know extra special. He scored 31 points, uh, had 11 rebounds and five assists, only one turnover. He shot 10 to 20 from the field and, and a perfect 11 and 11. Uh, from the free throw line, and that was you know the early parts of that series. If you remember, it was like you know it didn't feel like Kobe and Shaq really were feeling themselves, and Kobe wasn't quite there. And then like once he got back on track, once Kobe was on track, and then you added Shaq and and his you know complete unguardableness or whatever it was at that time, it just felt like oh great, they, they finally were able to kind of put the Kings away. But this is a pesky team and and, and a little pesky run there for uh, the Kings. But yeah, Kobe really stepping up here and 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 saving this dynasty because yeah, if they lose to the Kings here, it, it's hard to believe that yeah, our, you know. 
maybe they win two titles in three years or whatever, but like they just don't have, like you said, the the, the aura of the three peat and how important that was. Or oh god, do we have to pay Pat Riley now for that? Sorry. Oh oh, oh no oh no! <laughs> I think you may have no. said it earlier too. So we'll, uh, yeah. I'll get the checkbook ready here. Okay. Pat, <laughs> maybe Pat will give us an exception. You know, on this a- day of all days, come on. Pat. Oh, this day, have, yeah, have some exactly. conscience. Have a heart, Pat. Um, yeah, I mean, it's worth noting, man. That Western Conference that the Lakers dominated for you know those three years and made four finals in five years. I mean, you're talking about you know Tim Duncan Spurs. You're talking about this awesome Kings team. You're talking about some great Mavs teams with Steve Nash and and Dirk. Um, that Portland team was was stout for a few years. I mean, yeah. I mean that the the West was was stacked at that point. The East it was not good. Which no, was part of, no, 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 know, no. That's why. Uh, um, that's why Aaron McKee is its third best player. Right. Their way into this. Yeah, I mean, and so the. The finals of that era are a little bit of a bummer for the Lakers because it just seemed like the Lakers, you know, handled it so easily. Um, and they were tested a little bit, but um, yeah, but man, that that those Western teams and, and obviously the thing that you know none of them could match up with was against you know against Shaq and and you no know, they just didn't have anybody who could defend or really compete with um, Shaq. You know, Shaq was just a monster when he put his mind. Um, to it, you know, in, in those years and was basically unbeatable. Uh, and obviously Kobe did his, his part too, but, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that was, yeah, I mean, it, they, they had that really tough and the Kings, you know, being the toughest team there and really coming really close in O2, um, uh, you know, to, you know, yeah, to preventing that three Pete, uh, again, yeah, that, that three in a row and, um, and, you know, changing the course of, uh, you know, I think, cementing their legacy and, and honestly cementing Kobe's legacy early on in his career. I mean, obviously he did great things afterward and, and did more, but many more meaningful things and won the two championships later. But like, you know, he he's, you know, 24 years old, I think at the end of those three titles yeah. right there. Um, so he's incredibly young and, you know, he's, uh, he, you know, most of his career ahead of him already, but already at that point, you know, he's part of one of the greatest teams in NBA history. And, then, right. and, and, and he's not along for the ride either. And I think these these right. games are, are ones that symbolize it as well. The ones that you had mentioned prior, you know, in the 2000 playoffs. He's not just a guy, you know, riding along with a really good team. It's like, no, he is the reason they're a great team. You know what I mean? He's there. Right. Yeah. Know, yeah. So that, and that's important. Again, like, he's 24. He's very young. Like a lot of other guys yeah. are not that accomplished at that age. Like many, many guys are not accomplished at that age. So, yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, and looking at uh, the 2000 uh, next uh, game in the 2003 season, uh, January 7th, 2003, um, Kobe uh, shot 18 threes in a game, uh, which I guess is uh, not a huge surprise, but he made 12 of them, which was a, uh, a then NBA record and a, of course, uh, a career high. Uh, lasted as a record for um, you know more than decades. I've been broken by uh, by, by Steph Curry, but. Um, uh, but but yeah, he never had another game with ten plus threes in his career. I mean, he was, you know, I mean, he certainly shot the three, but he wasn't, you know, known for, uh, a, you know, for being a huge three point shooter. But for whatever reason, uh, this night against the uh, against the Sonics, uh, against uh, competing against Gary Payton of um, you know of, of uh, all people toward the uh, end of Gary, Gary Payton's run with the uh, Sonics, um, you know, uh, just. Just uh, you know, incredible scoring bench, forty-five points um, overall in there, and um, you know, uh, a little bit of an aberration in his career, but but absolutely a um, you know a a tremendous performance. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah, I don't know, maybe Gary 
was like, hey, you can't hit threes or something like that. So right, like, yeah, All right. I'm right. sure it was something like that. You know, that's an, that's a classic Michael Jordan thing too, where it's like, hey, you can't do this. So Michael's just like, All right, cool. <laughs> that's all and then the right. whole game he yeah. just proves right. yes I can. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if yeah, Gary was like, Ah, yeah, you can hit every, you know, all these jumpers, but you can't hit any threes. And Kobe's like, All right, cool. <laughs> Let's, yep. I'll show you. I can do it. So uh yep. yeah, but really, yeah, amazing game. Yeah, the fun that he never hit, you know, ten plus threes in a game and here he just you know explodes for twelve out of nowhere. So so next, uh, also same season, he had a streak of nine straight 40-point games. Uh, and this is still the team, you know, this is when Shaq is um, on the team. I think he may have been out a bit during this um, stretch. Uh, actually, he does, he does play in the one game we're going to highlight, which was um, a, uh, a game against Denver where he had uh, 51 points on, um, uh, on 15 of 28 shooting. 18 of 20 from the free throw line, uh, plus 37 in the uh, game, which uh, not too bad. Of course, Denver, not the stoutest team at the time, but certainly a um, a uh, a great game there. And, you know, just showing that he's carrying the scoring load more, you know, even when even in these games where Shaq is playing and it is becoming you know, as the team evolves, it is, you know, Kobe is taking a larger role and, and that's obviously, you know, leading to, um, I mean, there's personal conflict between the two and a professional conflict between uh, the two players that later ends up, um, you know, tearing the team apart. Um, but they do, uh, 2003 is finally the season where they, uh, they do not win the championship. They do fall to the uh, Spurs in the uh, playoffs and, um, you know, they, they, have to you kind of at a crossroads and and have to uh make a decision to see how they're going to bounce back absolutely yeah and uh <laughs> we'd see uh you know obviously yeah the, the the stuff that would happen and 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 yeah the you know the, the following year we'd have um you know kobe and 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 Shaq stay together and then malone come in and peyton come in and that and all that sort of stuff and then the breakup right. there and yeah it's just this is this is a very weird era in in, in kobe's life because obviously you know we're talking 2003 as well this is also during the rape era this is like this is probably the lowest it, it went from kobe not only was you know he it, you know being convicted of, of of that crime and obviously you know or, pleading yeah, guilty or to the crime or whatnot charge or, yeah charge or, charge or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah right whatever, not convicted whatever. but you know what i mean yes. yeah exactly yeah charge yeah right. but um then you know obviously falling into then like him <laughs> clearly like feeling like he's breaking up this this dynasty and Shaq pretty much in in no words saying yeah the reason this dynasty's ending is because of Kobe and 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 obviously the, the Malone Peyton stuff would happen and then after that would happen I know that there'd be a lot of sniping back and forth between Carl Malone and Kobe and it was like this is the time where it just felt like what do you do but what's going on with this guy like you know it, it he had had all these accolades early in his career and he had been such a popular player but yeah he he'd sort of reached his his low around this point. And, and these next few years we're going to talk about is him kind of trying to figure out what the next step of his career was going to be. And, and, you know, he finally got the team to himself. He finally got everything he wanted. It was finally all about him. And, and I think you'll end up finding that. Yeah. He was a lot more miserable that, that way versus, you know, being in a, in a collaborative team effort and all that sort of stuff. But regardless, uh, we'll talk about this uh, game here, the 10th game here, uh, April 14, 2004, uh, two overtime victory versus Portland. So the uh, Pacific Division is on the line here. It's in the balance here. Uh, Bryant hit two nearly impossible shots. Uh, the first over Ruben Patterson uh, to force overtime. I remember Ruben Patterson would always tell everybody that he was the Kobe stopper. And I think that made Kobe very upset because Kobe would always fucking play against, like, very well against Ruben Patterson. So I think Ruben should stop saying that because it didn't work out. Uh, the second uh, shot he made came out of a timeout with one second to play. Uh, game-winning three-point basket. They gave the Lakers a 105-104 victory and the division title. 
uh, over the Sacramento Kings. So yeah, a, a big moment on a team with a lot of turbulent stuff going on, but uh, right. a good moment to get them. Yeah, and they helped. You know, everybody talks about how like dysfunctional it was, but man, they got to the. <laughs> not only did they get to the finals, but like yeah, they, they had a pretty decent effort too. But obviously, you know. Ran into the yeah. Pistons and that buzz saw and Malone got hurt and all that sort of stuff. It would have been very interesting to see sure. what would, you know how, how narratives change if like Malone doesn't get hurt and they win that title. How you know right. do they break up? I probably yeah, but like yeah, it's, it's just a very fascinating uh, uh, time in, in Kobe's life right now. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah, that's what we kind of won. You know, last uh, great moment of that Lakers era is you know winning that game and, and getting the better playoff seating and, and helping them you know get to a point where they're able to get to the finals again and. um yeah, and losing the finals, but certainly it put forth a good effort. And, and you talk about after that, of course, you know, Shaq gets traded away. It's a new era for the Lakers, and uh, it's a Laker. It's a it's an era with a lot less winning, but a lot more huge Kobe Bryant scoring performances, yeah, and a lot um, more Smush Parker. So, <laughs> yeah, more Smush Parker than anyone ever needed for sure. Um, and, and you know, to, the two um, most notable ones are um, in the. Uh, 2005 2006 uh, season. Uh, the first one, uh, December 20th, 2005, Kobe Bryant scoring 62 points in three quarters, outscoring the entire Dallas Mavericks team um, uh, through three quarters. He sits out the uh, fourth quarter, and um, the Lakers, of course, um, win easily. But, you know, you, you kind of wonder at that point, it's like, okay, how many could he have scored? You know, could he have gotten to 80? You know, get, you know, at that point, it's almost like an, an impossible idea that anyone could ever get to 80. Obviously, we're getting to 100, but no one else had, you know, um, no other player had scored more than um, 73, I believe, um, uh, other than other than Welt. So um, David Thompson having scored 73, no one else had done that. No one else really, you know, no one ever pushed that limit in an extremely long time. So, you know, you, you wonder what would um, happen there. And he also like the Mavericks were, you know, 18 and six uh, before that game. They, they were a really, really good team. Yeah. Not, not a great defense, but a really, really <laughs> good team uh, and, and getting to be a better defense than they had been. So, um, you know, and, and that's shocking, but then of course, you know, the, the one that everyone remembers just about a month later, um, January 22nd, uh, 2006, um, Celebrating the 14th anniversary of that almost, uh, Kobe Bryant, 81 points against the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, unbelievable here. And we, uh, we, we've talked about this many times on the show, and, and this has been you know the lore of this 81-point game uh, many times. But uh, yeah, the, the thing that a lot of people might forget about this is this wasn't just him like unabashedly just chucking uh, you know, Devin Booker style here and trying to you know just get as many points uh, as possible. I mean, they had to overcome an 18-point third-quarter deficit. So he was just like, all right, I don't want to lose the Raptors. Let's go. Let's do this. And so he, uh, he uh, ends up making 28 of 46 shots, 60% from the field, which, like again, I, when you say the number, you're like 28 of 46, you're like, ah, it's, that seems like a lot of shots. It's like, ah, oh, that's 60%. It's not bad. Yeah. Uh, 7 of 13 from three-point range. So he decided, all right, <laughs> I'll, I'll channel my inner Gary Payton and go, okay, I'll get some threes out of here. Uh, and yeah. 18 of 20 free throws as well. And it's just a remarkable game, and it's an awesome one to watch too because it's it's pretty mundane. Like, it's a good, it's a very good Kobe game through two quarters, and then it just becomes like an unbelievable, like, all-time great. The last, you know, third quarter and the fourth quarter is just like, oh, my God, nobody can stop this guy. And, like, you can tell that the other Lakers players know that, hey, we're just going to get out of the way and let this guy 
guy do what he's going to do. The Raptors know that Kobe's the one that's going to score. They just can't stop him. He's just unstoppable. But yeah, it's it's funny because you'll watch it. It's not like because sometimes you can tell like early in the like oh boy they're going to have a game here like this could be one. But the reason why is like because it, he didn't get out of the gates like real hot is why the Raptors were able to get up and 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 have a pretty good lead and then it forced Kobe to kind of say all right let me do this let me let me do what I have to do here. So uh, really awesome game though. Really just a fun fun uh, game to go back and check out as well. And it, there's many many videos and highlights and stuff to to watch. But yeah, 81 points the uh, most uh, most since uh, since Wilt so. Yeah. Um, and also for that month, uh, Kobe averaged 43.4 points per game, which was the eighth highest single month uh, scoring average in NBA history, highest for any other player other than Wilt. Um, and, um, you know, w- he became the fifth player f- for a season to average a 35 or more in a season. Um, and, um, and that was also his last season at number eight. The next season, he went from uh, eight to twenty-four. So, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yes, and um, but before that happened, he um, had uh, one of his more disappointing uh, efforts uh, of his career. Um, it actually began with a uh, it was it was a series against the uh, the favored uh, Phoenix Suns, of course, the seven seconds or less um, Suns, um, who were a little bit surprised in these stuff because they had lost to Mari Sotomayor for the season. But um, you know, incredibly talented team. But the yeah, Lakers Dio uh, ends up being a revelation. Yeah. It's like, oh, Mari's out, right. we're screwed. It's like, wait a minute, right? Dio, play power forward. It's like one of these you know one of these yeah. early like p- people knew that like we knew the power forward and the stretch forward thing. There was like a few guys that came up and it all worked. Right. But then yeah. everybody just like went right back to it. They're like, ah, all right, that's not going to work. It's like, no, it yeah. just worked. It's like, worked right. just filled in for Mari Stoudemire perfectly. It worked. Yeah. Like, so, um, you know, it's almost like, you know, the Suns are the future and Kobe is a little bit like the past in a sense. I mean, right. obviously, Kobe's still young and he's still great, but it's like this antiquated isolation scorer type thing, you know, slowing it down, you know, playing matchups, blah, 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 versus – you know, the, the sons who, you know, have this beautiful game and who, you know, pass all the time and find the right, find the open man and, you know, take threes and just get that up down the court. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a contrast of styles and of philosophies and all, and all of that. Um, I, I was actually watching this game uh, earlier today yeah. before we recorded because mm-hmm. I have it on my, my DVR just because I, I record all the Harvard classics and I was just trying sure. to find one and I, and I found this game and it's fascinating to see like the Lakers offense is like you know get it down to the low post for K- uh, Kwame Brown to back in and right, then, like right. people to cut baseline and then like you know so it takes them you know 19 seconds to get like Kwame Brown like you know, you know left hook and then like you know, Steve Nash gets the rebound, comes down court, tosses it to Sean Marion, who dunks it in like four seconds. You're like, oh, yeah, there you right, go. Like, right, it just exactly. took you guys 19 seconds to get a shot that may or may not go in with Kwame freaking Brown. And then, like, in five seconds, Steve Nash ran down the court and threw a bounce pass to Leandro Barbosa, who, who made a layup. And then, you know, and it's like, yeah, there you go. Like, there it is. Yeah. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's like you see these two different. You're like, holy shit, this is a different league. But. Right. So Kobe, uh, in the game four of the series, ends up hitting a game winner. Uh, Thus, putting the Lakers up, uh, you know, three to one um, at that point. However, the Suns would rally, uh, would would be pretty dominant in the next three games. Would win uh, Game Seven, one twenty one to ninety, with um, with Kobe only taking three shots in the second half of Game Seven, which was, you know, uh, definitely. Um, you know, d- discussed about uh, – I mean, he had scored 50 points in game six. Um, it lost it in L.A. in game seven. He was uh, – had some you – know, took some criticism for that. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, he has um, 
you know, he has another amazing 2007 that we'll get into, but it's getting to a point where the relationship with the Lakers uh, seems like it's going to be frayed and some, some big things are going to be happening uh, soon. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, <laughs> a, an era of, you know, some some rumblings about potential, um, you know, trade demands and potential, you know, what, what are we going to you know, is he going to stay with the Lakers? Does he want to right. stay with the Lakers? Do they want to keep him? Are they ready for a new era? Like, yeah, right. there's just so much, you know, so much going on at the, the, this era. And I remember this felt there, there's an era we're going to talk about here in a little bit, but I know personally, this felt like the closest it was going to become for a while because a lot of the rumblings were about him, you know, requesting a trade to Chicago and trying to make that all kind of work and all that sort of stuff. So, so that's one that I always kind of remember a, as well, because it was pretty vivid to me. And I remember there being like legit conversations around, you know, my city of like, Hey, we're going to bring Kobe Bryant in. And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. Like, you know, I wasn't right. the biggest Kobe fan, but I was like, oh, it's fucking better than Luol Deng. Yes. Heinrich, so. Probably better, yes. Slightly better. Yeah, so I, I was mean, like, yeah, let's yeah. do it, man. Let's go. Let's fucking, yeah. let's do everything we can. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. we're going to talk about it in a few years here where it gets even more um, um, dire in, in, in a little bit of way for Kobe and the trade demands and how it kind of leads to um, you know, you know, the next generation of, of great Lakers teams. But before we do that, I'll jump to the 2006-2007 season here. Uh, we're going to uh, cheat again here with a, a selection of games. Uh, but this one makes sense because there's four consecutive games with 50-plus points. Um, this was just like, yeah. It's, so not only that period is four consecutive games with 50-plus games, but also just like we're going to talk about this eight-game stretch he had. He had 65 points against the Trailblazers, 50 against Minnesota, 60 against Memphis, 50 against New Orleans, and then uh, you know he scores 43 points against Golden State. So ah, what a what a lay, what a bad effort there, Kobe. Come on, <laughs> he couldn't get seven more points to get to 50 again. So uh, yeah, just an unstoppable, unstoppable force uh, Kobe Bryant was at this time. But unfortunately, yeah, maybe maybe team wise uh, wasn't going quite as well. But yeah, this is this is him. It is like probably his offensive best and his off, you know, his his. Being the number one in the in the clear focus of the team, but you know whether that's winning basketball or, or just Kobe Bryant scoring a lot of points was you know up for a lot of debate at this time too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and um, you know, getting into that off season, you know after um, you know a- after those incredible scoring numbers, and again, you know he was they had one year where they are the playoffs, you know in 05, but you know the 06 and 07 Lakers were, were pretty good teams, you know. Uh, Played in a tough Western Conference, still, um, you know, fall under the Suns in uh, both playoff series. But yeah, um, you know, he had, um, you know, um, publicly he requested a trade. He said that he was upset. Uh, he was on Stephen A. Smith's uh, show in May of, of 2007 and said that he was upset that a Lakers insider claimed that Kobe was responsible for Shaq's departure for the team, publicly said he wanted to be traded. And then um, would later back off and said, oh, I talked with Phil and I'm reconsidering. But then later there was a video uh, that was a uh, uh, that was a posted uh, amateur video where he was talking to some fans that um, he said uh, about Andrew Bynum betrayed his ass uh, for <laughs> uh, for Jason Kidd. And uh, you know, people seriously thought like that he was going to be traded. Like that was like a very like it seemed like absolutely he was going to be traded. Like it 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 felt like oh it's it's you know almost inevitable that it's going right. to happen. I mean, obviously they were able to repair that relationship. Um, you know, and, and and soon afterward they would make uh you know a huge trade in early two thousand eight to bring Pau Gasol in and to uh you know change the course of the. Uh, of the team's history. But, but first we have a, a big milestone for just before that, we have a big milestone for uh, Kobe to uh, accomplish. 
Yeah, absolutely. He is going to become the youngest player to get to 20,000 points. He's going to do that on December 23rd, uh, 2007. Uh, he's going to reach 20,000 points at age 29, 122 days. Uh, it's a game against the New York Knicks in Madison Square Garden. He scores 39 points, uh, 11 rebounds, and 8 assists. So this record has since been beaten and broken by LeBron James, but still at this point, uh, the youngest ever to 20,000. Obviously, it helps to come in when you're 18, but but still, you got to score 20,000 points and, and do yeah. that you know, in that right. time, too. So yeah, not taking anything away from that whatsoever, but yeah, tremendous accomplishment. For, for Kobe to get to that point. Yes. Uh, next, um, of course, the Lakers would go to the finals in 2008, would, would fall to the uh, Celtics. Um, and in the that summer, uh, August of 2008, uh, the Redeem team, led by Kobe, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Paul, would um, would bring back the gold to the United States. Um and Kobe with a really huge down the stretch in that final game against Spain with you know Pau Gasol, Marc Gasol on the other team. Um, you know Kobe with uh, twenty points, including thirteen in the final final period to uh, get the first of two uh, gold medals that he would accomplish in his career. And that that was big. I mean, that was something where you know the the U.S. had had an embarrassing loss in two thousand and four. Um, and you know had not done well and it was it felt like you know the best players were not you know be, were not really wanting to be part of the olympics um for the u.s and um you know the the program you know reformed you know coach k and jerry colangelo and all that they were able to get these guys to buy in and play together and you know obviously they've had you know tremendous um success up until the recent world cup <laughs> yeah. but, but outside of that i mean that's you know a you know uh, more than a decade of uh, you know of incredible dominance for um, the team. And, and Kobe obviously, you know, set the tone there and was, it was huge in that game. That was an extremely close game, extremely tight game. And, you know, the guys played well, you know, um, LeBron played well, Carmelo Anthony played well, you know, Wade played well, but, but Kobe absolutely, you know, um, stepped up in the big moment and, and delivered in uh, that big moment with all those other guys there too. Yeah, I mean, people don't, if you, if you didn't live through this, you, I don't think you know how big of a moment this was and how embarrassing that 2004 thing was you know i and and without living at it without knowing because again like kobe didn't play in the other olympics you know other guys just didn't were like, right. ah, whatever i don't really care everybody right. it was like all right everybody get on board here <laughs> like we're doing this we're winning and they came and, and it was amazing to watch this team because they played great there was a fluidity to them and like yeah it was it was back to the dream team style thing where it was like the best players in the nba all came together and played perfectly together and and, and just dominated and, and won but yeah if you don't if you didn't live through it you might not know how important it was to get back on there because there was also this idea too of like oh my god america you know we don't play basketball right in america anymore and you know there was all this like you know giant grandstanding going on as well and then it was just like no no no, no. we just need like our best players to play and here they are maybe not unless larry brown always helps too a lot less larry brown right. well, yeah. usually larry helps brown, yeah. as well but right. uh, anyway we're gonna move on to uh uh 2008 2009 here february 2nd 2009 if you want to learn more about this you can go to our episode a very kobe christmas where we uh, i think we play a drinking game to this uh this fine yes. game right here uh, I, I hope we did. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah, but, uh, pretty sure we did. Yeah, yeah. If not, we played it. You know, you can you can play it. You can make your you, own drinking you can play game. Drinking game. Want, yeah, so. I absolutely <laughs> encourage that. Yeah, so. Uh, Kobe Bryant scores 61 points. That's the record for the most points scored at Madison Square Garden. And as I said, we did an entire show about this, a very Kobe Christmas. But yeah, setting an MSG record. And, and this felt big at the time, too, because it was like, you know, he's doing this in Madison Square Garden. This, you know, another one of these moments that feels like it's too it's too much of a coincidence. Like Kobe knew the moment and knew kind of the gravity of this and decided to go for it. So, yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. Um, 
And also uh, in uh, June 14, 2009, he wins uh, his fifth uh, or excuse me, his fourth uh, NBA championship um, with 30 points to help the Lakers defeat the Orlando Magic. Of course, his first uh, championship without Shaquille O'Neal on his team uh, wins his first uh, NBA finals, averaging uh, 32.4 points, 7.4 assists, 5.6 rebounds. 1.4 steals and 1.4 blocks, becoming the first player since Michael Jordan to average 35 and 5 for a title-winning team in the uh, final. So yeah, the um, the Lakers won that in five games. It was actually a, a fairly tight series. You know, the games three, you know, games three, four, and five, excuse me, two, three, and four were all uh, tight games. It, it certainly it could have been a more competitive series, but you know, the Lakers they they handled their business absolutely against you know a, a tough Magic team mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, um, had you know Dwight Howard, um, you know, basically at the peak of his powers, and he, he was incredible, and they had a lot of good role players and stuff. But yeah, absolutely, uh, the Lakers um, handled them. You know, um, with you know the their uh, obviously Kobe and also you know Bynum and Pau Gasol and Lamar Odom. I mean, they, they, the Lakers, you know, really were able to rebuild their team and had some great players on that team. I mean, people think of it as Kobe's team, and it certainly was the best player on those team, although. Um, you know, Pau Gasol absolutely was was close um, to um, you being at that level, but um, but yeah, that that was uh, you know, they they really were able to you know put together a great team um, uh, around Kobe uh, and you know to get back there so quickly was is, is pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely, and and like I said, yeah, this this you know the trade demands and all that sort of stuff led to the Lakers being like, all right, we got to get real serious here because you know we're going to stick with Kobe and we're going to do is we're also going to go get Paul Gasol. We're going to get you know better guys around and we're going to get a real team around him and and it led to yeah these championship teams that we're going to talk about here uh, in a bit, but um, yeah, it's it just uh, and, and the one thing that I always regret about this finals is that uh, we came very very close to getting a Kobe uh, a Kobe Lebron. Uh, finals right. during this point too but maybe for the better because i think the lakers would have probably pulverized the Cavs. uh but yeah the, the, and, and the magic again we talk about teams that kind of you know buck the trends of uh, of the time but yeah the kings was like hito turkaloo was the power forward and, and he just shot threes and stayed in the corner and stuff and it's like right you know again you, yeah. you you see you know the stuff coming through but yeah the 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 lakers were just a better overall team just better veterans better overall guys and yeah a, a lot of credit should go to kobe bryant but a lot of credit should also go andrew bynum at the top of his game lamar odom just being an incredible player that could guard all five positions at that time at the time and and paul gasol i think because his 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 he's fallen off a lot you know over the last few years people forget just how great paul gasol was at this time too so oh yeah he he's yeah tremendous tremendous team um i mean they they really they really were they um you know, really, um, you, know, you put them up there with any of the great recent teams and they certainly could, you know, compete, um, you know, uh, on that level, you know, and kind of the end of an era to a certain extent with, um, you know, LeBron switching to Miami and then, you know, kind of the league and the league opening up a lot and playing a lot faster and, you know, the the growth of the Warriors after that. I mean, I think the, the certain kind of style, a certain type of mentality, a certain type of play sort of ended with, um you know, this, uh, with this Lakers team, which, you know, we're getting into the, the last championship season for, um, that team would be a 2010. Some, some things that stood out there, February 1st, 2010, uh, Kobe becomes the all time, um, Lakers scorer uh, one day after hitting a game winning shot against the Celtics. Um, the Kobe passed uh, Jerry West to become the team's um, all-time leading scorer with, a uh, 44 points against the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Um, and um, 
And, and that, uh, of course, leading into uh, the uh, second of the back-to-back, June 17th, 2010, Game 7 of the NBA Finals against Boston, um, avenging the loss that the Celtics had uh, two, two years – the Lakers had to the Celtics two years later. Um, and Kobe didn't shoot that great. He was only 6-24 from the field, but he had 15 rebounds uh, and had a crucial pass to meta world piece for a three-pointer that helped seal the game. Um and then, yeah, uh, and Kobe also earned his fifth title, which is one more than Shaq would uh, end up having in his career. So, so certainly something for his personal rivalry as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And this was an important series, too, because it felt like, you know, Kobe finally trusted his his teammates and really knew that they'd be in the spots where he wanted. And that was always a big issue with, with, with some of those other teams where he didn't feel like he could trust, you know, your Smush Parkers, your Kwame Browns, your you know, Sasha Middlevick, those and, and, and yada, 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 and all these other guys. But, but this team that they assembled around him, he felt like he could. Yeah, like he said, he didn't feel like he had to do everything. He wasn't. He wasn't shooting well, so he knew, hey, I'll pass to you know, uh, Metal World Peace, and you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get it down to Bynum, I'll get it to Gasol. So that was really an important moment in his career as well to kind of know that, hey, look, it doesn't have to be just me. I don't have to be the guy. Like I can still win a title without being, you know, the number one guy and, and the dominant force. So uh, definitely an important one as well. Uh, we move to uh, February twentieth, two thousand eleven. Here, so this is an All Star game, but this is an interesting one to point out uh, because this is at the Staples Center, the two thousand one, uh, two thousand eleven. Uh, all-Star game. Uh, Brian is the league's leading vote-getter uh, this year. He's on his 13th straight All-Star team uh, as well. In the game, he has 37 points, 14 rebounds, and 3 steals. Uh, and more importantly, he wins his 4th All-Star game MVP, tying him with Bob Pettit for most all-time. So, a uh, pretty good accomplishment there to have, yeah, yeah. The, 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 you know, four all-star game MVPs. I mean, that's in a game where you don't really have to try. Kobe was still trying and wanted it, you know, still to win. And, and, and kind of, there was always, I remember a lot of games where the fourth quarter would get there and Kobe would have to kind of rally the troops. of like, all right, let's go. <laughs> Come on. Like, I want to win this thing. Uh, where a lot of guys and, and probably where I would be as well. I'd be like, ah, I don't really care that much. <laughs> like, I'm good. Can we just go drinking? I don't really, really care that much, but, but Hey, you know, uh, admiration for, for trying. So, yeah, exactly. So, um, moving on to the uh, the 2013 season, um, yeah, this in many ways was you know, one of the more dis- bigger disappointments in his career. You know, the Lakers have a chance, uh, seemingly like they're going to get Chris Paul earlier on. The um, David Stern uh, vetoes that trade as the the uh, owner of the uh, well, the New Orleans franchise at the time. I guess they were still the Hornets, but um, they, they would, of course, soon become the Pelicans, and, and that's not confusing at all. Um, the um, Not the same Hornets, of course, that Kobe was uh, drafted by. But anyway, <laughs> not the, not the uh, one that Eddie Jones played for. That's a different Hornets. Right, yeah. different Hornets. Yeah, <laughs> that's also they, the Bobcats. <laughs> right, right. No, no, there was not a Bob. There, oh, right, the Bobcats right. We're not. Um, so, yes, 2013 um, – you know, of course, after that, the uh, Lakers swing for the fences. They bring in Dwight Howard from the Magic. They sign Steve Nash. Sign trade, I guess, with Steve Nash. Uh, they go all in on, you know, going back to the championship. People thought, like, oh yeah, this could definitely be, a, you know, a dominant championship team. Even though, you know, Nash is, um, you know, near thirty nine or so, but he's had been healthy, but played really well. You know, previous seasons. You know, Kobe's. Um, you know, he's in his. Early 30s, mid, mid-30s, but he's still playing really well. Um, you know, uh, Dwight's been slowed a little bit by injury, but he's still, you know, one of the dominant tenders of all time. But it just all falls apart. The, you know, Nash gets hurt. Uh, Dwight and Kobe do not get along. Um, 
Kobe seems determined to alienate Dwight um, and not uh, and, and granted Dwight, you know, appears to be one of the more annoying people in the world. So you can sort of understand that. But um, Kobe playing incredibly well at that point. Um, but uh, on April 12th, 2013, a game changing injury for um, Kobe as he suffers an Achilles tendon tear. Um and even after suffering it, he is somehow able to stay in the game after the injury to shoot and make two free throws before leaving. Uh, you know, he has 34 points. The free throws help the Lakers pull out a victory. They end up, it actually ends up helping them just make the playoffs. And he, and he, you know, he was playing a lot of minutes down that stretch to be able to get into the, um, the playoffs. But, uh, obviously with, uh, with Dwight leaving soon after Nash really, he, barely playing uh again and then you know unfortunately for kobe um you know he really um does not play particularly effectively you know for the remainder of his career you know he only plays six games in 2014 he plays 35 games in um 2015 um and is you know largely not a positive contributor uh in his last season um at uh you know, age 37 in 2016, he does play most of the season, but definitely there are some really tough, embarrassing performances for him, especially early on in the season. As he'd already announced before, or he, I, well, I guess it was long speculated that it would be his final season. And then not long into the season, he confirmed that it would be his final season. And of course, he had a retirement tour, um, uh, you know, to celebrate, you know, his career at the time. Yeah, and 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 yeah, like you said, the, the compounding injuries, the Achilles tear, and then the next year, I think what he's getting like a, a, a fractured leg or whatever. So he, he basically has a year where he's rehabbing a lot from the Achilles tear, and then he has the the leg injury, and and yeah, he's just never he's never quite the same again. Like the you look at the raw numbers, and you're like, ah, he's still scoring, you know, 22 points a game, or in his final year, he's still scoring 17 points a game. But like a lot of the numbers fall off. Like his shooting is down to like 35 percent from the field. His his you know, three point shooting is he's like in the mid 20s or whatever. Even I think even his free throw shooting kind of started to suffer a little bit too so it was like it was all kind of coming like he was still kind of getting his and he was still kind of doing it was still Kobe Bryant and he's not going to be able to change his game too much but yeah you, you definitely sensed that the end was was near and, and like you said there were some really perform- bad performances and we hate to you know bring these up but hey it's the good and the bad we got to celebrate them all here and uh, the, the one that really stood out to us December 6, 2015 uh, Kobe Bryant is 2 of 15 from the field 5 points, 1 of 6 from 3 negative 22 plus minus so yeah this is a guy where it's like yeah kobe man like and it felt i remember at the time too and and, and we were doing the show at this time i remember having this kind of thing like ah oh, man i really wish he just would have like retired a few years ago because i don't want like and i want him to go out like this i don't want him to either get hurt in this final year or i don't really want him just like being bad and just kind of going out there and just thinking he's you know still going to go off for 50 or whatever and then not knowing it's ever going to happen and then you know, all sorts of stuff so i remember at the time it being kind of a depressing year knowing that this was the end for kobe but then, man, <laughs> all is forgotten after that final game of, of his career and the final game of that season because, man, oh, man, did he give yeah. us one to remember. Yeah, 60 points. Uh, the same night, of course, that the Warriors won their 73rd game. Uh, Kobe, well, he outshined that, you know, that that huge moment by um, you know putting on uh, just an incredible performance, one for the ages, uh, 60 points on 22 of 50 shooting in uh, the final game of his career. I would have to say 
by far the greatest performance in a final game that I can think of in um, NBA history. It's hard to beat 60 points in a game. <laughs> uh, that doesn't happen too often, especially, of course, in a finale. And yeah, the, the carrying the Lakers to the win, the win didn't, win didn't mean a whole lot because the Lakers were not good, but um, absolutely for just creating a moment that was exciting, that was unforgettable, that was, you know, uh, almost mind blowing. Um, you know, Kobe did it and, you know, did it his way and, you know, gave, you know, a, a tremendous speech afterward, thanking the fans and thanking his family. And, um, and now, of course, you know, with the, the, his family and the fans suffering such a you know, tremendous emotional loss, um, you know, that adds even more, you know, um, it feels even more meaningful now, you know, that that he did that and was able to do that uh, and, and give that fans that one last show um, and just, you know, incredible dramatic moment and, uh, you know, re- really capping, you know, like one of the greatest careers of, of all time, you know, one of the greatest players of all time, one of the you know, biggest basketball icons of all time. Yeah, and what a perfect way to end his career as well. It's just like the the exact the, the perfect Kobe game where he's just out there, just unrelenting, just shooting his ass off, trying to get the team to win. You know, they they come back, he wins, he gets a game win. Like it's just everything that you wanted from like the final game of Kobe Bryant. I remember, you know, I, I think I mentioned this story on on the show before, but uh, this was a few days before I was going to get married. So I was we rented out a house, and all my friends were over. So everybody that was going to be in our wedding party was over, and we were going to watch the Warriors game, and then we we're going to watch the you know the Kobe's final game well the Warriors you know they're, they're winning pretty handedly and it's like it's that year of the Warriors they, it was like stupid how good they were you know what I mean like any game they were just up like 15 all the time and you're like all right I'll, right, I'll move over right. so yeah. we went and watched this game and we were just enthralled and it's just like I'll always remember that like being in you know South Carolina at a house you know a few days before I'm getting married and just me and all my friends just going nuts watching Kobe Bryant and like again like I'd never been a huge Kobe Bryant fan but how do you not root for that guy in that moment how do you not just find yourself just caught up in that moment and caught up in the hysteria of it and and, and there was a really funny thing that I just uh, I saw earlier today that I think it was Mike Tirico was, was talking about uh, you know calling this game on ESPN and, and a moment that always still got, stood out to him and it, it, I think it it shows you how profound you know Kobe's impact was is is and I and I never noticed I never really noticed this until you know he pointed out now I've seen some gifts and some videos of it uh, but Kobe Bryant has to get two free throws to get to sixty points. Uh, in this game, so he hits the first one, he gets to 59 points, and he's a, he's shooting his second one, and as he's going up for his second one, you see Gordon Hayward step into the lane, and just step into the lane, like a clear lane violation, like a not, nowhere, like very obvious lane violation, so Kobe sinks it, he gets to 60 anyway, and I think if somebody asked Gordon Hayward, you know, later, like, hey, what, you know, what was going on with that, or how, you were so off, like, how'd you miss time, you know, Kobe shot so much, and, and in no certain words, Gordon just kind of said, like, Ah, just you know, just in case he didn't make it, I wanted him to get to sixty or whatever. And it's a really cool, like again, like for competitive balance reasons, it's like, oh man, what are you doing, dude? But also, yeah. it's like it meant that much to him of like, nah, you know, fifty nine—that's not a way to go. He caught with sixty, man. You know, so right. I, I appreciate that. It shows like a the fraternity of the NBA and how close these guys are and how much they all respect one another for the most part. And also, just yeah, like how impactful it was. I mean, Gordon Hayward's probably a guy that grew up watching Kobe Bryant a lot and and, and grew up you know idolizing Kobe Bryant. So the idea of like, hey, look, you know, I'll, I'll just do this and and. I'll take the blame and say I was dumb or whatever, but I, I really want Kobe to get 60 in this final game because we all knew that that was the storybook ending. And, you know, it would have sucked. 57 would have been awesome, but, man, 60 just had, like, a different feel to it uh, as well. So, yeah, just an incredible game and an incredible way to cap off just a, a, an awesome, awesome career. And, yeah, it's unfortunate we have to do this episode. Um, you know, we, we always we always said, like, early on in the show's history that there was, like, a certain level of player that if, you know, they passed away that we would have to do a show for. And uh, I don't think I ever expected... 
uh, Kobe Bryant, uh, someone of that level to pass away like this. But um, yeah, right. Yeah, no, it, it, it's hard. Yeah, and, and you know, you talk about how we've been blessed uh, in a way. You know, as NBA uh, fans of a lot of the guys who were the greatest players um, in history, just you know, for whatever reason, they've had incredibly long lives and we've been blessed to, we've obviously lost, you know, incredible players and lost guys, but they're a lot of the greatest of all time, you know, happened, have lived long lives and, um, you know, and are, are still around in, in their eighties and, you know, into in, getting to 90, but, um, yeah, I, you know, it, it's hard. Um, you know, you, even for me, you know, again, the emotionally, I was not the, you know, the Kobe wasn't someone who captured my imagination in the way that he captured so many other people's imagination, even though I, again, I'm in all of the brilliance of his play and, um, you know, can appreciate, you know, what he did in his career, uh, you know, just tremendously thing, but, you know, you, you can't help but feel just the way that, you know, he meant so much to, you know, to fans, to other players, to, uh, his teammates, to, you know, coaches. I mean, you know, I think everyone probably listened to this, you know, saw Doc Rivers' um, you know, press conference um right after, you know, just the you know, just the raw emotion, just how much he really appreciated him as a competitor, as a friend. Um, you know, it, it's hard not to uh, obviously we all feel for that and we all feel for you know everyone who's hurting from it and um you know it's uh you know, we're we're thankful to be part of, you know, something that's you just a, a really cool community of people, you know, just, just some great people who are, you know, who are basketball fans who, you know, like to talk about the game, like talk about the history, like to, you know, you know talk about um, all of that. And it, you know, it's so meaningful to be part of that. It sucks when, you know, so many of us are hurting right now, but, you know, we're, we're going to get through it. We're, um, you know, we're all, um, you know, we, we've got a lot of great basketball to watch and we've got a, you know, we're able to, you know, you, you know, Kobe was one of the, you know, great, um, you know, players who pushed the game in new directions and made new things possible and paved the way for other great players to continue on, inspired them to play and to, you know, do tremendous things and, and the game lives on. And that's you know, probably the greatest legacy that you, know, you could ever have. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, as you know, you were talking there, I, I just popped up on my phone to see what was going on. And, and I see that, you know, the Sears tower in Chicago or the Willis tower is now is, is, you know, purple and gold and the United center is purple and gold. And like, you know, Kobe's got no connection to Chicago. You know what I mean? Right, but like, right. yeah. it's just like that, that we, we talked about at the top of the show of like, you know, people that don't quite get it. It's like, nah, man, like, this is a big deal. This is a, this is a, this is a, a, a one of the, a, a huge name. Like you said, one of the more popular athletes, you know, you know of all time. So yeah, if you don't, uh, it's you know to the people that that are feeling this way and and and, and you know others are saying oh I don't get it it's just an athlete you don't know this guy or whatever and it's like you don't understand the impact that this guy had on a sure. lot of sure. people and 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 a lot of you know these yeah. these cities don't have to do this there's a reason they're doing this there's a reason you know every major you know skyscraper in the country is purple and gold you know every you know the stadium is 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 got his logo on it got his face on it and stuff I mean it's a huge huge deal so it's just like yeah I I, I think and, and unfortunately it takes like. It takes strategies like this for us to appreciate people. And it's always how it always is, unfortunately. You know, sure. artist, artist yeah. dies, you go and listen to all their old music. Oh, this guy's great. Like, hey, I should have listened to him before, but you know, you don't you don't think of it. And and that's what I think is is the one the, the, there's not a positive to it, but one of the 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 the, the po- I guess the positives of if when people pass away, it does seem like it's a great opportunity to go back and really learn about these people and appreciate these people and learn and watch the games and watch the highlights and, and, and go and honor them and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's unfortunate that it takes something like this for that to happen. But yeah. Yeah. 
Well, um, thanks everyone for checking us out. Of course, we will, um, you know, we'll, we'll include links to our other um, shows, which we, you know, talk about Kobe or the Lakers of this era. If if, if uh, people want to dive in, there's some there's there's some fun stuff there. Uh, uh, there may be a joke or two that may not be in the best taste at this moment, but I think overall they, they hold up. So, um, so hopefully, you know, dig into those if you want to, I know there's a lot of, you know, tributes to Kobe out there. We appreciate you guys listening, uh, to ours. And, um, you, know, you can find us at the step back at fansided.com. Uh, we are on Apple podcasts and Stitcher, uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts, uh, love a rating and review if you want to give us that. And of course we appreciate any feedback you want to give us. We're on Facebook and Twitter at over and back NBA. So, uh, thanks for listening and we'll be back again soon. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.